On today's episode, we have Armando uh, from Locked on Panthers, where we discuss uh, the Sharks-Panthers matchup. Uh, we also discuss if David Quinn is going to make it through the entire season and our thoughts on the Frozen Frenzy. So all that and more on today's episode. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, contributor at Inside the Rink. I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen. Proudly part of the Locked on Network, we cover your team every day. Uh, And like I said, today we'll be uh, chatting with our good friend Armando. We're going to discuss the Sharks uh, Panthers. We get into kind of what to look for in this game the woeful special teams from both teams and we talk about david quinn's future in san jose so uh, without further ado let's get into it with our good friend armando welcome into this special crossover edition of the locked on florida panthers podcast and locked on san jose sharks podcast we are part of the locked on podcast network where it's your team every day thank you once again for making each of our podcasts your first listen of the day for everyone on the san jose sharks feed let me introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez from the Hockey News, and you can follow me on X at Monoman12. Follow the show account on X and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And very thankful once again to be doing yet another crossover with the host of Locked On Sharks, a former Florida resident, and for the people on the Florida Panthers feed, once again, if you've heard crossovers with us before, a Miami Dolphins fan as well, J.D. Young from Locked On Sharks. J.D., welcome to the show. Hey, buddy. How's it going? It's been a while. It's been a little bit. Only these two teams only uh, face each other twice a year, so it's great to get together uh, as uh, the Florida Panthers and San Jose Sharks will be facing off against each other twice in in the month of November. But before we get there, uh, today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONHL for $20 off your first purchase. So let's actually spend a few minutes uh, before we get into hockey, just to talk about the the football side of things. So dolphins are five and two. uh, And I remained a little, not necessarily unbothered, but I'm not worried about when it, when it comes to them, because I think that with the team getting a little healthier in the next few weeks and with the schedule kind of opening up a little bit, really only one true uh, test really in the next few weeks, few weeks, that neutral site game against the chiefs, uh, even with that loss against the Eagles, which was lost in the trenches, basically, I remained uh, I remained pretty even keel about the five and two start for Miami. Oh yeah, same here. And I mean, they were down sixty percent of their offensive line, and they were driving to tie the game. And Tua threw a ball that he probably wants back. Uh, but like, I mean, Tua is going to throw one of those a game, so it's just that's who you get. But like, yeah, it's they they were down their top two corners, right? They're sixty percent of their offensive line. They don't have a chain in it, like, and they were scheming up ways to get the and the offense going. And I thought the defensive line looked pretty. I think that's the best we've seen the defensive line look this season, and especially against a very very good uh, Eagles team. And it wasn't until in the game when they really actually got their running game going. So yeah, I'm not worried. I think once this team gets like full Megatron, gets all their guys back, uh, they'll be fine. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. 
So, but they they do need to beat either the Chiefs or the Bills at home to kind of put that mentality of like, yeah, we can we can take it to one of these uh, yeah. one of these top teams. So, um, but yeah, right now it's just it's just keep stacking as many wins as you can, and then you have to just win one of those games, and you're going to feel good about yourself going into the playoffs because you're probably going to be a one or two seed. So. Yeah, more than likely, and thankfully the they faced the Patriots, who did the Dolphins a favor this Sunday by beating Buffalo for sure. So definitely, uh, definitely a big help that they got this Sunday. But let's go right into the hockey, my friend, where the Florida Panthers will be welcoming the San Jose Sharks. Anthony Duclair, former Panther, in to to the to the it, to Sunrise, Florida, where it'll be a 7:45 puck drop Eastern Standard Time, 4:45 Pacific. We'll discuss more about the scattered NHL schedule in the final segment of the show. But let's discuss more about the the Sharks. Anthony Duclair's fit. I mean, we knew we know what the mission and the mindset is for a lot of San Jose Sharks fans this season, as far as as far as what is is happening. I mean. A minus thirteen uh, goal differential, only winless team in the in the NHL, and ranked last as far as as far as shots on goal per game at thirty nine. It's funny because the next closest team is actually the Tampa Bay Lightning, which I, when I looked at this up earlier. So, what has been, even though still without a win, what are the things that you like out of out of what you've seen out of this uh, San Jose Sharks team through five games? Uh, things I like. Um, my boy, William Eklund has been playing pretty well so far, I would say in, in the, the young season, and he's been making his rookie mistakes and, uh, he definitely made a mistake that led to a goal last game against the Preds, but like, you can see what makes William Eklund special, uh, the way he's able to find open space and create open space for his teammates. Um, his passing, unfortunately, some of the guys he's been passing to maybe aren't the most skilled players, so they're not really able to kind of do anything with it. Um, he's been, I think, a bright spot. Tomas Hurdle has been ha- quietly having a really good season. Uh, the Sharks have seven seven goals in five games this season, uh, and Tomas Hurdle is five points. Uh, so he's a point-per-game player on a team that has scored seven goals this year total. Uh, so Hurdle, I think, has been having a really, uh, really strong start to the season, especially after last year where he had a really poor start to the year. And a lot of Sharks fans thought he had a really down season despite scoring 63 points last year. Um, so it's good to see Hurdle kind of being the guy, especially with Logan Couture not playing for probably at least probably not expected to play until the Sharks get back home in the beginning of November. So, um, and I think Mackenzie Blackwood has been a, a pleasant surprise for the Sharks. He had a really strong opening game against the Colorado Avalanche. We stopped 51 of 52 uh, shots, uh, kept the Sharks. That's the only reason they got a point was because Mackenzie Blackwood literally dragged them to overtime. Uh, in a game where they gave up 111 shot attempts uh, in that game. And, uh, but other than that, it has been what you would expect from what many people predicted to be the worst team in the NHL. They are the worst team in the NHL, and they have many issues, including getting their, own, their puck out of the own zone, uh, giving up a bajillion shot attempts a game, and just an inability to sustain offense. And when they do sustain offense, they can't really put together high quality shots. So it is just a, uh, mess in San Jose right now. Yeah, and uh, Mackenzie Blackwood starting three of the five games uh, so far. Better, a higher GAA, but a better, uh, better uh, save percentage than uh, Capo Kakinen uh, there. And you mentioned Logan Couture uh, that he he will he's sidelined. Mikel Granlin's also sidelined for the for the San Jose Sharks as well. And uh, 
there's a three-way tie for uh, points as far as uh, two points with Zadina, Sutherland, and Thrun. And Zadina getting a second chance in in uh, in San Jose after everything that happened in uh, Detroit with his contract being terminated as well. It's funny because even though the San Jose Sharks have two power play goals on the season, the Florida Panthers have the exact same amount of power play goals, which but more opportunities on the power play, which they're not converting. So I will take percentage wise right now the numbers that <laughs> San Jose has over the Florida Panthers because both on penalty kill and on the power play, San Jose has the better percentages uh, there for for the for the. For, for this very, very young season as well. So also, big trade happened this offseason. And still, there's a lot of dead cap. There's a lot of buried penalty as well on the on the Sharks cap. We we know that the mission is to get assets in, in, at the trade deadline. I know Duclair is on an expiring contract. The, the mission is to probably get trade him to a contender. But is there anyone else on the trade block? I, I heard something about Logan Gator before the season started, I believe. But there's a, still a lot of term on his contract. So that's going to be a hard uh, – that's also going to be a very hard uh, contract to move. Is there any Is there any uh, contracts that uh, Mike Greer is trying to move uh, the, this season when the trade deadline comes around? I think the two you have to look at, which are probably the easiest of two, um, other than Anthony Duclair, and there's – talk that he might be a, a candidate to sign an extension. Um, the other one is Alexander Barabanov, who the Sharks acquired from the Maple Leafs a couple of seasons ago. He was kind of never really could kind of fit in the lineup and has really found a home with with San Jose. Um, has really kind of blossomed into a really nice second line player for, for the Sharks. Um, he's in the last year of his deal, uh, where and he could be looking at getting a, a kind of a four year, four and a half million dollars is kind of the number I'm, I'm thinking right now if he wants to sign an extension. Um, or he could be a, a quality player to add to somebody's middle six. Um, he's good on the power play, his uh, ability, his passing, his ability to carry the puck out of the zone. Like he has a lot of uh, good, he's kind of that glue guy on the line, kind of whatever you need him to do, he can do that. And we saw Couture kind of had struggled the past couple of years put together and we saw Couture's best season last year in a while because of Barabanov's ability to kind of do the things that Couture struggles with now. So the, those two really uh, partner well. Uh, Mike Hoffman's another one. Uh, his contract is not what you would want. Um, the problem is the Sharks are they only got one more uh, retention slot, right? Because they've used the retention slot on Brent Burns and Eric Carlson. That gives you one more. And while you, you could, you know, be enticed to uh, keep uh, part of Mike Hoffman's uh, salary until, and that would clear up at the beginning of the, the new calendar year. But um, that's another guy who could be potential. I've heard the Logan Couture. I don't see it. Um, Couture has said, I want to be a shark. I want to be a shark. And um, maybe when he gets a little bit older, I know he's 33 now or 34. Uh, maybe when he gets a little bit older, maybe the last year or two of his contract could be looking you know, to try to win a cup. Uh, I, I just don't see Couture being moved right now, um, unless he goes up to Mike Greer and asks. And Mike Greer has said, if, if guys want to leave, I'll do what I can to try to. And we've seen him do that with Brent Burns and Eric Carlson the last two seasons. So, um, but yeah, I, I think um, Barabanov and Duclair are probably the two big pieces that would be a, potentially available at the trade deadline. Yeah, and in and in a, in a, in a, in a... In the last few years with the with the San Jose Sharks getting the fourth overall pick last year and then trying once again to get into the into that number one slot, the that that sweet spot that that Mike Greer is definitely looking for. Uh another season of 
growing pains, unfortunately, for the pro squad uh, in this 2022-23 season. But we are going to transition over to segment number two, where we're going to discuss more about the Florida Panthers and their uh, start to the season through six games, as a, th- five games, excuse me, as they are two, three, and oh. We're going to discuss that more here on the lock on this crossover edition of Locked On Panthers and Locked On San Jose Sharks. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. And you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds in two taps. Game time has deals right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. It's the it's the place to find last minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, hockey, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On HL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N N H L for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And when you're done uh, buying your tickets, maybe you want to play some daily fantasy hockey. Uh, Matthew Kachuk scores a hat trick. Uh, the Sharks win the Stanley Cup. And you could win 100 times your money daily, playing Daily Fantasy on the Seek for app. All these are possible scenarios, except the Sharks winning the Stanley Cup this year. But you have a chance to win big, and you need to play Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper as the official Daily app, uh, Daily Fantasy app on the Locked On Network. Sleepers are top choice for Daily Fantasy Sports, especially Daily Fantasy Hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. Uh, with studs like Crosby, Makar, Kachuk. Uh, all you have to do is pick more or less stats for these stars. You choose stats like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus. Um, they have blocked shots, whatever fits your fancy. Uh, you heard me, Sharks slash Panthers fans. 100 times payouts on sleepers, so start paying attention and get your picks right so you could win big. Use promo code Locked on NHL, and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked on NHL. See Sleeper's Terms of Use for details. Back on this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Sharks podcast. Thank you once again for making both of our podcasts your first listen of the day. And now to flip it to JD for anything Florida Panthers related that he would like to know. So we know the Panthers right last year, made it to the cup final. Uh, unfortunately, losing to the Golden Knights. I know everyone in San Jose was upset about that as well. Uh, what has the season's kind of been a little bit of a slow start, I would say. What has been kind of the big concern, uh, maybe a bit of a hangover for the Panthers as this season has got us started? It special teams. That's really been the biggest issue for for the Panthers. I mean, they're getting some their touches on on the puck whenever at times on, on the penalty kill, but it's just been. The ability to clear zone, get some fresh um, players on the ice as well. That has been an issue for the Panthers uh, th- throughout this uh, very young season as, as well. And and just uh, 
and it's crazy because five on five play, they're actually doing pretty well. They're plus two in that category. Sergey Bobrovsky's save percentage is at a 927 at, at five on five. And man, uh, just when when it comes to when it comes to evening things out for for the Panthers and all. And I saw that the San Jose Sharks and their five on five numbers. I, I think I saw uh, I think I saw minus seven for for them. And that's kind of one of my keys to the game as far as as that is just to keep it at five on five for for the for 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 this one and that was also my key of the game for against the toronto maple Leafs last week because that's a power play that's really hard to stop for for toronto uh and and all and it's just you know the power play themselves for the panthers mm-hmm. is at 10 percent right now out two two of 20 and Dude. but and that's the thing the thing is there's a lot of new faces for the for the panthers the, the this season i mean and two of them on the power play. Evan Rodriguez is on on power play one. Oliver Ekman Larson is on power play one as well. But I, I'm I don't want to marry right now the percentages on the on on especially on the power play because I do think the puck is moving. I, I just do I just think that sometimes there's a little bit of hesitancy as far as when to take the shot and 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 sometimes it's it's released when the shooting lane closes right before. And and especially in uh, in uh, in their game against the New Jersey Jersey Devils, uh, I I saw that sometimes that well excuse me against the Minnesota Wild I saw that sometimes the there's a lot of times where Matthew Kachuk was trying to squeeze it in as far as fitting in a tight window for when he's behind the net to get it to Sam Reinhart but uh, that's really just been the the issue on the power play as, as well uh, they do have one shorthanded goal against uh, as as well. Uh, on, on the season. So there's going to be some growing pains as well, but Hey, you, when you, when you think about the Panthers and what they're doing at five on five, I mean, it, it's really been the top line for the Panthers and the fourth line for the Panthers as well. Shots four percentage for the, for, for the, for this fourth line of Kevin Stenlin, former shark, Steven Lorenz and Ryan Lomberg, their shots four percentage at five on five is at 70 Three percent. Just saw Ooh, this right before nice. we started recording, and that and that is what the Florida Panthers struggled with last season, last during the Stanley Cup Final. Excuse me. Was and of course a lot of it had to do with the injuries that they had towards the yeah. end, where a lot of the fourth line players were starting to play on the third line. Etulu Sturanen was out, and Sam Bennett is still out. The earliest that he'll be back at practice is likely on Thursday, so he's not playing on 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 uh, on Tuesday night against the San Jose Sharks. Aaron Eckblad and Brandon Montour will still be out. December 15th is that range that they'll be back. Could be earlier, could be later. We still don't know. But Sam Reinhart has six goals in five games. He was actually named third star of the week for 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 the NHL uh, with with how he's done in the in the in the last week. And you know the the thing is the the Panthers got to protect their goaltender uh, as far as mm-hmm. that they got to stay out of the box. Dmitry Kulagov. It's a nice story that he's back. It's a very nice story, but it just hasn't been cutting it as far as as far as uh, get the the stick infractions as well and putting the Panthers in a uh, bad position. And they're gonna have to protect their goalie even more because Anthony Stolarz is getting the start for the Florida Panthers on to on Tuesday night against the against the San Jose Sharks. And actually, you posted on on X uh, his record against the against the uh, against the Sharks career wise. Uh, of, of course, he's got like eight though. wins. Yeah, yeah, eight wins in eleven games, and he's got like a shutout in nine twenty-three. Yeah, Solars, and that was playing with the Ducks. Like Solars has been, uh, he's been very good against the the Sharks. So uh, nothing to worry about there. This is very much a what uh, what you know kind of get right 
type of game for the Panthers where, oh, your power plays hasn't been working. Don't worry. The Sharks penalty kill has been awful. And it's kind of interesting because the Sharks have, despite their woes otherwise, is in other places, the Sharks penalty kill the past couple of seasons have been very good. They were uh, eighth last year. Two years ago, they were second in the league. Like this has been a very uh, good penalty kill, but this year they have struggled on the penalty kill. Uh, they gave up three uh, power play goals to the Hurricanes the other night. They struggled against. They gave up two against the to the Predators. It's not like the Predators are you know boasting some huge power play. Um, I think it's just because you have a kind of like with the Panthers, right? You have a lot of new faces, um, guys who used to be mainstays on the penalty kill are no longer with the team. Logan Couture, who's one of the Sharks' biggest penalty kill players, is still is hurt. And so it's been a lot of guys having to kind of pick up the extra slack and it's just kind of been struggling with, with that right now. So I expect the Sharks penalty kill to get back on track at some time, uh, but I think it's going to take a little bit more time for these guys to gel. And with the Sharks power play, it has been a chaotic circus this year because they, with the absence of Eric Carlson, um, they don't really have a guy that you can point to to run the power play. Uh, I would expect Kyle Burroughs um and Kanijov, uh both of these guys are stay-at-home defensemen to probably run the Sharks power play they've also been using a five forward unit which has led to a shorthanded goal and has looked really sloppy at times so this feels like a uh one of these teams is going to come out feeling like their special teams is feeling a lot better uh whether it's the power play or the penalty kill or both um this feels like whoever uh, one of these teams is going to feel a lot better about it on wednesday morning than they do right now so yeah and right now power play one for the sharks according to daily face also looking like barabanov hurdle anthony duclair mike hoffman and and burrows and uh with with two former panthers where we know the familiarity of where they're where they're going to be uh located especially one of them being on the on the right flank as well, taking some one timers, especially Mike Hoffman's. That's that's Mike Hoffman's office as far as when it comes to the power play. So uh, that it's it's going to be no secret. Sasha Barkov and, and company is going to be talking about where where to where to position themselves as far as blocking shots as well when it when it comes to that. So definitely, I'm expecting that it's a unit that is going to be prepared as far as that. But we're going to transition over to segment number three, where we're going to discuss more about not necessarily expectations of the game, but if David Quinn is able to survive this season for what is for the San Jose Sharks, and we're going to discuss the whole frozen frenzy that's going on in the NHL on Tuesday night and possible problems that we might have with it. We're going to discuss that more here on this crossover edition of Locked On Panthers and Locked On Sharks. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better place to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to this crossover edition of Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Sharks podcast. Thank you once again for making both 
Locked On Panthers and Locked On Sharks, your first listen of the day. Uh, before we get into David Quinn and the and the and also uh, Frozen Frenzy, one roster move that the Florida Panthers did make today was that they have set Justin sort of down to AHL Charlotte. No other roster move was made uh, shortly after, so it looks like that William Lockwood will be will be uh, making his uh, his Panthers debut on thir- on Tuesday night against the against the San Jose Sharks, likely playing with that third line uh, along with Anton Lindell and Nick Cousins. Uh, don't want to break up that fourth line with how they're playing uh, it so far in 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 the in the season through five games. So unless there's another roster move coming up that we don't know about, but. Don't, it's not going to be Sam Bennett, uh, Panther fans. Apologies for that. But let's go into let's go really into the, the Sharks and David Quinn. And a lot of people thought he was wrongly fired in New York. I was one of those people. They were heading into the right direction, and Dolan, being Dolan, is gonna is gonna make some decisions that have a lot of people scratching their heads. This is a, this is different. You, you're you're. You're trying to accumulate assets. You're trying to reset the cap, and you're trying to mentor young guys um, at, at least. And while trying to get some of the aging players out slowly but surely. My question to you, JD, is how does David Quinn survive this if he does? Uh, I think he's actually fine for this year. I don't think he is. Honestly, I don't think he's on the hot seat. Uh, so David Quinn and Mike Gerd do have a close relationship. Uh, they both went to Boston university, uh, different times. Like they've worked together previously. Um, Mike Greer handpicked, you know, got hired last year, handpicked David Quinn to come in and coach like, um, and they both know the entire organization knows what this is, right? This is the first shark to rebuild in 20 plus years. Right. Um, so you could, maybe even argue 25 years since they've got drafted Patrick Marlowe second overall. Like this is, it's part of the process. Everybody knows this is a going to be a long, slow rebuild, but it's what's best for the franchise to have long-term same success, right? Look at a team like the devils who picked multiple high uh, picks. And now this team looks like it's going to be a wagon for years to come because they have very young talent who is just getting better. Yes. They got lucky getting some first overall picks, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But that's part of the game, right? Is you you have to be lucky. Um, I think for Quinn, you need to show your system works. And we've seen parts of yes and parts of no. And I think you need to see growth and development of your young players. Um, before the season started, I when we did our kind of big preview, locked on previews, I said William Eklund is the most important man in San Jose because the entire season, the entire franchise kind of you know, he, if he needs to become a star for the Sharks, um, you need to set a good foundation so that when you have guys like Will Smith, who they picked fourth overall, um, Philip said who they picked in the first round last year, um, Quentin Musty, fingers crossed, uh, Macklin Celebrini, um, you know, like when you start having these guys come in, they're not trying to teach these guys all on the fly. Like you can kind of see the path of development and, William Eklund, they were very slow and deliberate with him. Like most, I think, under uh, previous regimes, William Eklund probably would have played the entire season or a good chunk of the season in the NHL. Last year, he played all the entire season, but eight games in the uh, in the AHL. And then he got hurt and had shoulder surgery 
Um, but you see he's a better player for it, right? He is more detailed in his own zone. He's gotten to play penalty kill. You know, he's he just turned 21. He's already playing penalty kill for the Sharks. Um, and, like, I, he's going to be a better player for it. So the entire season is can guys like Eklund become full-time NHL players and continue their growth and development? And guys like Thomas Bordalo, who kind of feels like a tweener AHL, NHL guy right now, um, can he start to stick and, you know, kind of continue to his growth and development? And then some of their AHL guys, when they're the season kind of gets lost, can these guys become, you know, NHL guys in the future? So right now that's it. That's, that's the most important thing is how can you mentor and get these young guys ready to become franchise pillars for you in the future? Um, and I think David Quinn, I, I think Mike Greer, David Quinn, they both know what this is right now. Like they're, Yes, they're going to say, we want to try to make the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, everybody knows what this is. Um, and I, I, that, that's it, right? It's trying to trying to figure out some answers. And I think next year, when the Sharks have some cap space, uh, I think they're projected to have, like, $35 million in cap space next year. Um, you might have two potential top five picks entering. If the Sharks, uh, Will Smith and Macklin Celebrini, fingers crossed. Um, you know, if these guys start to enter the fray, then you could be like, okay, can we go from a rebuilding team to start that fun, frisky team that's like, okay, we can see where things are heading uh, in the future. So um, I, I honestly don't think David Quinn is on the hot seat this year as long as you see that growth and development uh, from some of these guys. And I think, um, you know, this franchise has kind of been, especially since Greer's gotten here, it's been transparent about what they are going to be in the future and what they, they know it's better to kind of build this up slow and for the long-term success of the franchise. So I'm not worried about Quinn, uh, Quinn's job this year. We can check back next year. So, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you were, I, I know you guys are also rooting against the Pittsburgh Penguins as well as, as the, the, they do have their first round pick yes. from the Carlson. Trade. And we're rooting for the devils. Go devils. <laughs> yes. Make that Eastern conference final. So the sharks can have three first round picks in this year's draft. That would be yep. stupendous. <laughs> so yeah. all from the, all from the Tebow Meyer trade as well, but uh, one one last thing before we get out of here, uh, as far as a special, a kind of a special night in the NHL, a little bit of a conflict as far as uh, the sports calendar because we're recording this at nine fifty nine p.m. on a on a on a Monday night um, at Eastern Standard Time, so we know that one event is definitely going to be going on tomorrow in conflict with the Frozen Frenzy, and that is Game Seven of the NLCS between the Phillies. And the Diamondbacks, and that that goes to the issues with what I have with the Frozen Frenzy, and why and why I have a little bit of a problem where it is on the sports calendar. Yeah, it's great that you're getting this out of the way in in the second week of the season, with it being six o'clock as the first puck drop between the Washington Capitals and Toronto Maple Leafs, all the way to eleven p.m. Uh, starting with the um, ending, excuse me, with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Philadelphia Flyers as well, and it's a week night too. East Coast people like myself are not going to stay up until uh, <laughs> 1.30 in the morning. And if you're not watching this on YouTube, you see JD doing the crying emoji as he is has West Coast, Best Coast him uh, on on him on his side as well. But also a way that I could see this being fixed as well is what the what the NHL can do pre Super Bowl and after Super Bowl because biggest sports month of the year October, March, and April those are the three, especially October. And I can see a situation. I would love to see a situation where you have this on a Sunday post Super Bowl and have 30 minute increments instead 
I know it's going to be a long day for the people at ESPN. I know, but they could put yeah. two crews as well. So, what are you? Do, do you it have any Saturday, with the Frozen do Frenzy? Do it the Saturday before the Super Bowl, right? Like, there's nothing else going on. Uh, you do it the Saturday before the Super Bowl. You kind of like get everyone excited. Be like, okay, yeah, the Super Bowl is. You know, football ends tomorrow. Here's a taste of what you could have, you know, when the Super Bowl is done. But I like the idea. I mean, I know East Coast people, you know, uh, but it's not like you guys are saying for Gold Knights uh, or the Ducks or you're not watching those West Coast teams most of the time because the West Coast teams, most of them except for like uh, the Gold Knights are, are pretty bad, to be honest. But like uh, there's nothing worse, though, when you're like, oh, cool. It's, you know, my team's not playing tonight. Let me kind of catch up on some other ones. And there's five games, and they're all going on at the same time. And you're watching one, you're like, oh, that goes intermission. Let me go check on another one. They're all going to intermission at the exact same time. It's the worst, uh, the worst thing. So I like the spreading out. I think the 15, 15 minutes or 30 minutes, you can whatever you want to do there. But, like, 15 minutes is still, you know, that's, what, five to seven minutes of game time, depending on stoppages. Like, you can kind of skip around a little bit. And I think the idea of the, like, red zone – um approach that they're going to be doing i think it's a, a, a fun idea and i think you should find those tent poles especially like a saturday type of you know maybe once college football's over once you know the nfl starting to wind down um find those tent pole moments so that way you can start to build some excitement um as you head into the playoffs because we we both know playoff hockey is the best playoff events out there um not that i got to watch a lot of playoff hockey recently uh, or root for playoff hockey recently but like it's it's still the best sporting event there's nothing more nerve-wracking than than playoff hockey um i think playoff baseball is probably second there just because of every you, you live and die with every pitch but like um yeah i i get the the weeknight thing um but again i mean you're not watching who's who stands to watch the ducks at like 11 o'clock for you guys it's it's fine but it's it, it's a chance for i mean for me the game you know game started at three o'clock that day and actually i'm i'm gonna be at work Beautiful. putting on the games uh you know watching the games while i'm finishing up some stuff at work and then i you know like it runs me through till the you know the end of the night that is that is a great way to live life right there just so yeah and, and the latest g- game will end at 10 30 pacific uh 1 here uh for for so Definitely, but it can work. I, th- I I do believe it can work. Um, it's just wh- uh, how it, it's just different. Ty- I think they're supposed to do it one more time some sometime this year. So, um, but yeah, I, I think it should be like a monthly thing, or you know, like I agree. Do it, you know, uh, like do it monthly. Like you know, if you want to do it like a Saturday, and yes, especially when college football's over or college football's winding down, or you know, maybe that week between Christmas and New Year's, like. Uh, pick a day there, something like that. I think trying to the best way to grow the sport is to get people to watch it, right, and make it as easy as possible. And if there's just games on all day, that's a bit like bowl season college football, right? If there's there's just games on all day, you don't care who you're watching. That most of the time, you just you know it's football, right? I think we can do that for hockey too. Just put the games on, make it easy for people to watch. No doubt, and uh, I will definitely have two TVs, one with the Frozen Frenzy, and then one with the one with the the of course Panthers versus Sharks. I might need to get another TV as well for uh, NLCS Game Seven as well as Big Sports Night tomorrow on the on the calendar for sure. But JD, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this crossover edition of Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Sharks. Tell everybody where they can find you and your work online, my friend. Uh, of course, you can find uh, the show wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube as well. 
Uh, you can follow, find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Lockdown Sharks. You can find me on Twitter at my Fryhole. Armando, where can people find you? <laughs> follow me on X at Monoman12. Follow the show account of, on uh, on X and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And follow the show account anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube as well as, as the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast just hit 600 subscribers. And we are doing a little bit of a giveaway. So, so mm-hmm. Panther fans, uh, we will announce more about that on on tomorrow's episode but jd thank you so much my friend and we we will be chatting of course as always uh because not only hockey season but football season with the with the dolphins as well so thank you my friend for joining me thanks buddy